At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome to Get a Grip with Shane Bacon, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, hey, welcome to the Full Swing Tonight podcast with Get a Grip and Scratch. I'm Shane Bacon. That is Claire Rogers from Golf.com. Uh, make sure you check out Claire, not just on social media, at Claire. Rogers, R-O-G-E-R-S, no D. Uh, and also check out the Rogers report. She posts it weekly on golf.com. It just kind of encapsulates all the fun and wonky stuff that you see in and around golf. I feel like Claire, episode three of Full Swing, Money or Legacy, would probably land somewhere in the Rogers report. Oh, um, yeah. What would I want to start with this? Because this was the live episode. This was Ian Poulter's episode. So I wanted to start here. What did you feel about Ian Poulter before watching the episode? And what do you feel about him now after watching the episode? Uh, <laughs> Ian Poulter was not my favorite player going okay. into this. Um, I mean, I lo- I've loved watching him in the Ryder Cup. I think it's amazing. But he's someone said, you know, he's this controversial character because rooting for the U.S., you know, you see him and you're like, oh, but I thought he's been, you know, good for the game in a lot of ways, keeps things interesting. Um, and I feel like I understand him a little more leaving, like just the things about you see these players and you think it's all glamorous and you see him trying to qualify for the masters and losing the match play. You see him say he's missed 50% of his kids' birthdays, graduations, just things you don't think of when you see this star who appears to have it all. So I, I just feel like I have, not that he needs empathy or sympathy, but I feel like I have a little bit of that for him. Yeah, I mean, a pro golfer, I mean, they, they mentioned, what, 30-something million dollars he's made on the PGA <laughs> Tour in his career. Obviously, that's not counting what he's made on the DP World Tour. This has been a guy that's been in our lives for a long, long time. And when we get to his Ryder Cup successes and the fact that 
you know, as of now, he won't be a Ryder Cup captain, obviously, with the decision to go to live, uh, which is a, a huge part of, you know, kind of what we've seen, not just in the title of this episode, Money or Legacy, but even in, you know, some of the stuff that, you know, big names in golf, like Jay Monahan said, legacy over leverage, right? I mean, that was one of his big talking points early last year uh, when he was kind of getting in front of the microphone and talking about PJ Tour versus live. I did love how they kind of set this up not just about kind of a live decision, but it was really a personal decision. I mean, you really got to feel that out with Ian Poulter. And I feel like you kind of got a little bit of the sly smile a couple of times when he was asked about it. Obviously, a producer, Point Blake, at one point said, are you going to live? And you could see him kind of dance around it with this very knowing look on his face. But uh, let's kind of start with the episode. We were 54 seconds in, Claire. Uh, was the first time we heard the term sports wash. That was obviously something that was thrown around most of 2022. Ian Poulter called himself a wannabe golfer at this point in his career. I mean, this is a guy that I was looking back on his career. I mean, three top tens uh, in one of the seasons in the majors. You know, I mean, this is a guy that was a staple in these big tournaments, but he admits it. I mean, I'm not who I once was on the golf course, and I've got to figure out what I want to do, not just for myself and my career, but obviously for my legacy and my family. And I loved how they weaved in the kids. Claire, how shocking was it that a couple of his kids don't really have English accents? I agreed with that. I was yeah. waiting for it to see. Um, and I spent a lot of time around Luke Caradineen. And so I'm a, you lose, used to the, you right, know, the, right. golf, the accent. But I was, yeah, I was shocked by that. But I, it made me wonder how much time do you have to spend? I guess they were homeschooled maybe, but right. yeah. I mean, and also they're living in Orlando, I mean, <laughs> most of the time, if not all the time. I mean, obviously, you know, in this episode, they were kind of bouncing, going back and forth between, you know, living in the States and going back to England. But I mean, this is a guy that calls Orlando his home and has for a long, long time. So I guess if you raise your kids in this environment, you know, around American kids, I guess inevitably they're going to have an American accent. It's yeah. very strange. I've got a couple of friends of mine that are English that have raised kids uh, stateside. And it's funny because much like my Texas accent comes out when I talk to my dad or my buddies on the phone, you kind of see it come out when they're around Ian. But I feel like it's probably got to be like 90% American at this point. Oh, totally. You know, those Lake Nona school systems, they probably don't have a lot of English kids in there. You don't think so. there's, it's real, it's real international. You, you, don't, think, yeah, no. you don't think it's, it's Yale 2.0 down at Lake Nona high school. <laughs> um, but, uh, I, you know, I, I, I wanted to bring that up to you off the top about Ian Poulter, because I, I think you really nailed it as an American golf fan, right? As an American fan, Ian Poulter has always been a villain. And this yeah. is something I talked about early in 2023 on a podcast I did with James Nitties is golf and live and the PGA tour in this split has taken most of the villains over to live. And then most of the good guys, if you will, have stayed on the PGA tour. And I mean, guys like Scotty Scheffler winning in Phoenix, you know, Scotty Scheffler is such a positive story. And even his, as, as we saw in episode two, you know, getting a chance to kind of see what his life looked like. It wasn't a deep dive into Scotty Scheffler's existence, but you got a feel for how normal he is. And yes. I think this was a good reminder that, you know, this guy was a villain to golf fans even before live was even a thing we knew about oh totally and i think people who don't know golf will kind of because they went through the Ryder cup thing and talking about he even admitted you know american golf fans don't love him because of the Ryder cup so i think they'll get a good insight onto that um but yeah i leave still i feel like last episode i was torn on brooks and i'm more torn on this episode interesting interesting yeah. uh, just an update on ricky's world ranking on this episode <laughs> 122 you know it's always kind of the roller coaster not quite sure where it'll land he's been as low as 114 in full swing and i think as high as in the 130s uh ian poulter brought up something that i'm sure i knew 
but didn't remember. Uh, never lost a singles match at the Ryder Cup, which is legitimately one of the hardest things to do in your career. 6-0-1 in singles. I looked it up. Here are, here are the names he's beaten, Claire. Okay. 2021, Tony Finau, 3-2. 2018, Dustin Johnson, 2-up. 2014, his only non-winning match he halved with Webb Simpson. 2012, he played Webb Simpson, beat him 2-up. 2010, he beat Matt Kuchar, 5-4. and four. 08, he beat Steve Stricker, 3-2. and two. And 04, a name that you don't think a ton about anymore in the golf sphere. Chris Riley, unfortunately, got to uh, face off with Ian Poulter and lost 3-2. and two. But, yeah, I mean, perfect in the Ryder Cup. You know, his record, 15-8-2 all time. This is a guy that is legitimately defined by an event that isn't an individual golf tournament and he's defined by defined by his ability to step up and I think for people that are listening to this or watching the episode that might not totally know what happened when you signed with Liv as of right now in 2023 is you are not going to be a Ryder Cup captain and I would say if Ian Poulter was going to list things Claire that he wanted to do in his career going forward that had to have been number one on the list yeah and he would have been great at it match play it is crazy to watch someone who just it's it's a different language on the golf course and he just has it and he said yeah and he's good he would have been awesome even for american fans but i think he would have given great pressers ahead of the Ryder cup and stuff and we'll never get to see it now as of now like you said yeah i i would say that you know i i don't know how you feel about live um i've had my moments i've been frustrated by it um, I've mm -hmm. thought some of the stuff they've done has been a positive in terms of like golf formatting. I mean, everybody knows the political side of it. Everybody knows the sports washing side of it. If you look at it as a, simply a golf entity, there have been a couple of things that I haven't hated. The one thing that I do hope with situations like this is I hope as we move forward and people move in and out of jobs and in and out of positions, both with the PGA tour and live, if there ever is an agreement these are the type of things I think would be a positive from it. Because to me, when I close my eyes and I think about Ryder Cup captains on that side and our side, Phil Mickelson should be the Ryder Cup captain when we play a Beth Page. And, and Ian Poulter, like you said, should be a Ryder Cup captain. The Ryder Cup is his. And it was his basically for the extent of probably 12 years. I mean, when you thought about that event, you thought about Ian Poulter. And so if there ever is an agreement in this space and they do bring people back to golf tournaments, I hope this guy still gets a captaincy. Agreed, because we saw a hint of that at the President's Cup with a lot of players missing, and I get the decision. You know, they made it. There's a lot of money there, so they might just have to lay in the bed they made, but as a fan watching, it does – it's a disservice to fans to not be able to see these guys, those huge names, you know, teed up against each other. Uh, how about Pat Perez and Ian Poulter that are in their 40s, late 40s, I think – Talking about social media followings and knowing the number, Claire. Do you know? Do you know your number right now on how many people follow you anywhere? Uh, I know I have a lot less on Instagram than on Twitter, but that was like my weird thing that I noticed that we discussed. Right. Because it's just, I I have no idea. It's funny. I'm trying to think. You know, my dad is younger than them. Obviously, he's in his fifties, but just there's such a difference. And they're like, no, this person is this many. This one point two. Like, I mean, so specific. And Pat knew how many all these other guys had as well. Right. <laughs> it was so random. You know, I was told once from a professional golfer, they said, if any pro golfer says they don't have the time, they're lying to you because all yeah. we have is time. They're like, yeah. we're on the road all the time. We're in hotel rooms or rental homes. We're sitting around most of the day. We're going to work out. We're going to eat. We're going to get a massage. We're going to play a practice round, whatever the case may be. And then tournament days, 
Maybe it's six hours on the golf course, seven hours on the golf course when you kind of leave the house to come back. But we have all the time in the world. And these are moments where I realized they were correct because all I can think about is Pat Perez laying in a hotel room, scrolling on people that have more following than he does. Right. Going, oh, 1.4. Ricky, he doesn't even tweet. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like Max Homa is obviously very online. And if I, I think he's looking probably maybe more at what people are saying. Like he's engaging in Twitter more than how many followers. It's just a very quirky thing to look at. If you're going to look at social media, I get an influencer needing to know how much they have, how many they have for sponsorship, whatever, but the players, it was so random. I would expect him more to say, I saw that you posted this or said this. Right. He's like, no, your last follower was Mackenzie from Wisconsin. <laughs> it's so, so funny. It's just so random. Um, this to me of all the episodes we've seen to this point, this obviously episode three, this was the one that I had moments where I couldn't believe it was just a year ago, you know, that yeah. this happened. The Jay Monahan, the PGA Tours moving on press conference around the players feels like it was five years ago. I, I mentioned legacy over leverage, a couple of the comments that he'd said. I feel like in that moment, Jay Monahan did not think Liv was going to be as impactful as it was. And listening back to those press conferences, it's just enlightening because I think Liv slapped a lot of us in the face. And I think even the person in charge of the PGA tour was a bit surprised by his come up. Oh, the moving on thing at that moment, I was kind of, you know, as a PGA tour fan, like, all right, we're good. We do not need Done. <laughs> the highest up guy said, we don't need to worry about it. So we are not worrying about it. And knowing what we know now. Yeah. So many guys who left, but for players who, you know, someone who's not really a golf fan, they might look at this and say, Oh, it's not as big of a deal as we thought. And now, you know, fast forward a year and it's a huge deal. Uh, I have something I need to throw out there for all broadcasters. And this happened in this episode, Claire, and I'm a broadcaster myself. So I'm going to think about this as well. Uh, golf has tried really hard to consider and, and approach it and present it as like athletes these days. I don't think anybody's going to make the argument that 2023 PGA tour players look less athletic than 1985 or 1990 PGA tour players. Let's stop celebrating a guy that jogs on the golf course for like 120 yards. I mean, people are gushing about Ian Poulter's ability to run around 17 at TPC Sawgrass. The whole's 100 yards, 120 yards, right? Like yeah. any person that can stand in a prone position in theory should be able to make that run. And it wasn't like he was doing it for time. Right. It was, it was, it was probably a five, two on a treadmill speed, I'd say. All right. So like what is five is what? 12 minutes. Yeah. So, so you know, yeah. 1140. He's not booking it by just, any means. Just a little, it was, a, it was, it was overly gushing is all I'm saying. It was, yeah. it was all oh, look how athletic this guy's in his forties. You're like, he's, he's jogging. He's, yeah, or when guys hop over like a pond instead of taking the bridge, they're like, okay, athlete, look at that vertical. For the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> let's just stop doing that. That doesn't actually help the argument for golfers, right? That no. actually that actually hurts what we're doing. Um, yeah, just say nothing. <laughs> just don't say anything. Just enjoy the run. Did you have any random moments that you kind of wrote down or you picked out from the episode? Yes. My number one was Pat Perez talking about follower count. And then um Ian Poulter's closet. When he was back at home, the shirts, the pants, it is the Hannah Montana dream closet that I wanted as a kid, but with, you know, plaid instead so of jackets plaid. and sparkles. And yeah, just little things like that. But then watching him pack, I'm like, oh my God, he has to do this. Not every week, but most weeks. And it's just layering it. And I think he should have, he kind of just layers his pants like on top of each other. There's actually a better way to do that. So if yeah. I ever see him, I'm going to let him know. You kind of have to fold yeah, them vertically. Us. 
you have to fold them vertically and you can fit a lot more that way. So it's like um, a book stack almost like you go, you yes, go like exactly. a shelf. Interesting. Yeah. There you go. Claire it's Rogers. All TikTok. They're hacks. <laughs> Claire Rogers bringing you uh folding techniques. So is rolling a bad way? I do a lot of rolling is a bad way. It's a bad way. That's what wow. I, I act like I'm a travel expert. I forgot to book the hotel that I arrived to last night. So I'm not a, a travel expert, but I do know this because now there are packing cubes and stuff and doing vertically like this is better than like this. I, I got to say, I also, also noticed his, his packing. It was something <laughs> that I noticed. I, all I could think to myself was he's done it, you know, for probably 30 years straight, right. Where yeah. once every two weeks he's packing up four outfits for golf and socks and all that. But yeah, the, the closet. So I live in Connecticut with my wife. We have like a house that was built, you know, 50 years ago, closet space was not a big thing. 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. I was so jealous of how much room he had and i it also another thing i believe about americans a lot is no matter how much space you have in your closet you will use it he was stuffing yes. everything there was like shoes there's a scene a shot where there were shoes in the back and they were just shoved in yeah. a little space or like sunglasses. it wasn't well organized right yeah no 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 it was not well organized so much plaid have you ever seen that much plaid in your life um i went to catholic school for a year and we uh. had uniforms but besides that, no, not a, like different colors and stuff. You know, that was just green and where I was. But this was a lot. Claire, what's the obsession with the plaid and Catholicism? Because I feel like that always kind of follows the schools around. Is that is that just a thing? Yeah, I think they just don't want anyone to look good when they go to gotcha. math class. So that's kind of what it is. What was your what was your uniform? Was this like a plaid, like skirt, long skirt dress thingy? Is that yeah, what it was? And it, it was a skirt. With a button-down shirt and tights. Okay. Not attractive. See, I was not a uniform school person. I've always been interested in the idea of uniforms. Do you? Did you have like three sets of them, or did you wash oh, yeah. the same one? No, every I had night? like three skirts and five shirts or okay. something. Okay. Okay. And then you rip the tights about once a week, so you're just buying those awesome, all awesome, the time. <laughs> awesome. um, I I loved uh, I loved this daughter saying um, that his outfits were funky. I thought funky <laughs> was a perfect description of Ian Poulter's outfits. We will show you on the screen if you're watching this a few of the old school Ian Poulter outfits. I'm talking the claret jug pants, Union Jack pants the gold shirt. I mean, these things always make the rounds when Ian Poulter's in contention at all, but like early 2000, Ian Poulter was going for it, Claire. Oh yeah. And always the hair going too. for it. The you hair can't too. overlook the hair. It was frosted tips, dye. I mean, his hair was a little long, but he never had a ton of like Cam Smith hair where he had a lot to do with it. And he found a way to always kind of do something whether yeah so i liked that she said funky because it was good it was just a filler word for i think what she really wanted to say but i liked it <laughs> um here's a moment in the episode that i knew ian poulter was a veteran a veteran yep. golfer a veteran pro when he threw all the stuff in the locker room that the cameras just caught if you notice because i rewound it a couple times no clubs thrown those are all training tools that's a that's a veteran that's a pro somebody once told me when you throw a club you want to helicopter it you never want to throw it end over end end over uh -huh. end is how you break it you want a helicopter to land soft and it won't snap i feel like that was like kind of a helicopter throw with stuff that he didn't care if he broke but he wasn't going to break a golf club so uh, just a veteran uh explosion there in terms of his temper yeah you have to know how to do it correctly especially if you're inside like that 
you're not in the middle of a fairway where it's particularly safe to do it. <laughs> no one got hurt though. So it was fine. But that was a great moment because that's been in so many of the teasers Yeah, where I was finally like, oh, now we get to see it in action. Claire, you are uh, a pretty cool, calm and collected human being. Have you ever been that mad in your life? Like throwing, uh, yes. throwing stuff mad? So that's funny that you say calm because I don't think of myself as calm, but okay. I used to have a problem, not a problem. <laughs> I fixed it now. <laughs> I used to throw my cell phone when I got angry and oh. senior year of college. I It's funny because I can't even remember what I was angry about, but I threw my phone and it broke and I went eight weeks without a cell phone because I, Punishment. I had no money. And, you know, you buy your books are like $1,200. You worked yep. all summer for that. Um, and my parents were like, yeah, we're not buying you a phone. So I had a walkie talkie to talk to my friends. And that was my punishment. And I learned I don't throw my phone anymore. Have you? <laughs> are you a big club oh, I used to, I used to get so mad on the golf course. Oh, God. I mean, I embarrassingly mad. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, you know, stupid stuff, throwing clubs, breaking clubs, things like that. When yeah. I was when I was like in my teenage years and stuff, um, I haven't thrown a club in a long time. And I'm very proud of that. I think now the most frustrated I get is more mind than like physical stuff where mm -hmm. if I if I'm not allowing myself to get out of my way mentally um, and, and, and I actually something I was going to talk about here in terms of mental stuff is that whole missing the cut by one, you know, Ian Poulter talked about missing the cut by one and now we'd rather miss it by five last summer. I missed all these cuts in these, you know, local opens like Connecticut open and, uh, amateur USGA qualifying, things like that. I kept missing by one and everything Ian said about that is so true. Like missing a cut by one might be the most frustrating thing in competitive golf. So I totally understand while why it boils over because what happens is for the next day or two, you are literally thinking about one shot. You go, okay, I didn't get up and down on four. Okay. I missed an eight footer for par on eight. Uh, okay. I missed a four footer, you know, late in the round on Thursday. You like, you think about these things and you even think about the little half shots where you had a great number and you didn't quite commit to it. And maybe you hit it to 15 feet instead of five feet and you made par, which is not a big deal, but it was a quarter shot. Like that was a green light flag. So I, right. I feel like I related a lot to what Ian was saying about the whole missing the cut by one thing. That was something I feel like I learned in this episode because I think we pay a lot of attention to the winners in golf and then the losers is we're kind of say, Oh, they missed the cut. They're right. gone. Or they didn't qualify. They're gone. I never really, we got a chance to kind of follow that journey after, you know, not qualifying for the masters. And again, yeah, I never considered what's if you're going to miss the cut, you miss the cut to me or you don't qualify by five does make it a little easier because one you just start thinking what what went wrong what what shot were you maybe a little lazy with um uh, so that is I kind of liked how Netflix followed that I thought it was an area that we don't look at enough and I definitely don't look at enough as golfers I'm like all right he missed it who's winning we'll look at that I mean there, there's so much opportunity I think kind of expanding on your point there Claire about golf and what golf has in terms of the four-day golf tournament PGA Tour event I, and I've said this, I've talked to Max about this on this podcast. I've talked about this on air before that Friday, following the players trying to make the cut on a Friday, like the cut cam idea allows you kind of a secondary Sunday because players yeah. are playing for the finality of making it to the weekend or not. And as we've seen, players can make the cut on the number, go shoot 65, 65 and finish eighth or finish fourth, or even at times contend and really have a chance to win the golf tournament. And I feel like if you're following late on a Friday and, you know, you want to see Rory and you want to see Scotty Scheffler and those types of players, you could both show the stars 
and lean heavily on the cut cam because that's real true stress. And when you see an Ian Poulter throwing his clubs Friday afternoon because he missed the cut, it's showing you you know, how much it can matter to these players because making the cut is just as important to so many people as like what you said, winning is. Yeah. And then, you know, the emotion, but I also liked what Ian said when he said, you end up working for free if yeah. you miss yeah. the cut. And he said, that doesn't fly for me. Working for free. For me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, when you look at it that way, it's, cause it's very true. I don't know if people who don't follow golf understand, well, they will after seeing this, but you do not get paid and you lose money because of the travel. And, you know, if you're making millions of dollars throughout your career, it's not a huge deal, but it does, it does sting. Claire, I would say the moment I knew Ian Poulter was going to live in this episode was when he flew private from Florida to England <laughs> that, uh, I don't know a lot about private aviation, but I, I think if you fly overseas, it's like at least six figures. So um, when he was jumping on the private jet and going to England from Florida, I was like, okay, you're going to live. We got it. There you go. There you, yeah, go. Yeah. you announced it. <laughs> I like, sir. What was it? The 41,000 foot challenge they yeah. call it where they're doing a putting <laughs> because they are, you see it. And it's just normal kids, but with this weird life kind of, and he was getting really into the putting challenge with them. It was fun to follow that. I love seeing the family aspect of it when they, when players are willing to let you into it. So I was thankful that Ian did that because it did, you know, and then they're sitting having dinner and stuff, but the, I do have to respect the producers because they said to Brooks, yes, you do know who won the masters. And then a woman said here straight up going to live. Are you going to live? <laughs> um, how about his England home player? Looked, looked amazing. Wait, was that? His home where he was hitting balls out of, or was that at a hitting bay? I need to know. I, I, I'm pretty like sure somewhere that's somewhere else. I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> his house. I mean, it, he was there. They had the hitting bay. It had the playground for the kids. Felt like his home. It did feel like his home. And so that was awesome. I would love to, you know. Also, it makes you wonder about the yard situation. If they're able to just take, what were they hitting? Like irons or something. Got, you know, a couple acres there at least to be able to do that. Oh, <laughs> I wonder if a chore for the kids is going to, you know, pick them up. Yeah, after. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Who hit the worst shot? You go pick up the range balls. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. 
They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. So uh, moving into kind of the segments from this episode, um, I'll start with winner of the episode um, because... You know, this was this was very Ian Poulter heavy. I mean, it was. I yeah. mean, it was almost yeah, entirely yeah, yeah. about Ian Poulter. You saw certain players speak, but not many. Um, mm-hmm. Other episodes, I feel like we've had a lot more involvement from some of the other players. I had the winner of the episode is the Robert Dameron line when he said uh, his pants look like a walking gender reveal party. Like, I just... <laughs> I, I thought that was so amazing. I texted Robert Dameron after obviously he was on PGA tour live saying that about Ian Poulter, but I just, I just like the line Dameron hits me with a few of those a year. So my winner of the episode is somebody you didn't see uh, and, and didn't probably know was involved. Robert Dameron. Yes. Okay. Mine. Um, I had two Ian's daughter who we've talked about uh, making fun of, you know, the hair and the outfits and fun fact about Ian's daughter is she is like kind of famous on TikTok. And she'll take you behind the scenes a little bit. It's not all, you know, dad stuff, but you do see a little bit of life as the kid of a PJ tour or a live player now. Um, and then just the title, Money or Legacy. I think that they nailed it on that. Um, what do you, when you say kind of famous on TikTok, what's the following? Are we like uh, like 50,000 people? I haven't looked in, people? in like six months. I'll have to be honest, but I would say between maybe 70,000, watch me be totally wrong, but the videos I did see of her, they had a lot of views, a couple hundred thousand. Interesting. Um, who was your yeah. loser of the episode, Claire? Um, it was a moment um, when Charles Schwartzel, DJ and McDowell just kind of laughed when they a- were asked how um, playing this week was helping the yeah. atroc- atrocities in Saudi Arabia. I, it didn't sit well with me and it kind of shows still into chair setting the episode. I don't know if these guys fully know what they're getting into. And they just looked uneducated by laughing. I think you could have, they should, I don't know what I would have said, but they should have been prepped for something like that. And then Ian later on saying, I don't have to answer that question. It, it's not a good look. And the laugh made me angry. So <laughs> what about you? Yeah. I mean, that, that whole press conference thing, I remember, I mean, I, I'm sure you remember it too. I remember when it happened, it wasn't great. Anytime these guys were asked about any of the, you know, of, of the kind of, you know, realty of what was happening behind the scenes at live. Um, there wasn't really anybody that was kind of taking the reins and answering. I mean, you know, a lot of right. people gave Graham McDowell love for just basically saying, I'm going to this. A lot of people kind of, you know, said Harold Varner approached it the right way when he just said, you know, this is something my family said I should do. This is something I'm going to do it for my family. But yeah, the laughing to the questions and the smirking and smiling wasn't great. I would say the loser to me was Ian Poulter's car house. So I don't know if he still has this. I heard rumors a couple of years ago that the the money, that how much it cost was so high that he was trying to sell oh. it. But back in the day, Ian Poulter had a second house next to his house in Florida that was just for his cars. 
And the fact that we didn't see it on the episode and the fact that we didn't get yeah. into any of the car stuff, like that was such a, a heartbeat of who Ian Poulter was throughout his career. And it wasn't brought up one time. So to me, the loser is, is car talk. Like I would have liked yeah. three more minutes on, on the Ferraris and looking at some of the vehicles and talking a little bit about that. I don't know. Maybe that was a, a Poulter decision not to show it, but I was expecting something about the vehicles at some point here. I think the tour did something with him like a year and a half ago where they did show it too. So maybe he doesn't have it. I would think if he's gone to live, he probably has it or got it back. But um, He rebought yeah, the, house, the car house? <laughs> he's like, you know what? The family who bought that, I need you guys to go because it's mine again. Check cleared, everybody. We are good. <laughs> um, golf thing that needs more explanation. I touched a bit on it. But, uh, you know, there was a match play event that they showed in Austin. Uh, match play is a type of golf that's only seen a couple times a year. It's head-to-head. -head. It's not you playing everybody in the field. Um, it's a little bit more of what you see sport-to-sport, -sport, like tennis, where you're simply just concerned about the competitor you're facing, not so much about everybody around you. And the Ryder Cup is, you know, it's most people's favorite golf event. It happens every couple of yep. years, but I would say outside of Augusta National, most people would say the Ryder Cup is their favorite event, and Ian Poulter is one of the best of all time in the history of the Ryder Cup. So great match play player, great Ryder Cupper, won the match play you know years ago when it was down in Arizona, and uh, it's it just it's a format that seems to fit who he is. That's exactly what I had. I think match play needed more explanation, um, and I also think Amanda Renner could have explained it perfectly because she's done such a good job. Um, that if they had just given her 15 seconds, she would have nailed it and people would have understood. It was a really heavy to share episode. We got a lot of Dylan. It was a lot like Dylan did almost all the kind of ins and outs on the information and things that were happening. So Dylan is like, I mean, is he going to, are you going to still be able to be pals with this guy or is he going to be? We're staying in an Airbnb together this week. And I think I'm going to ask him to sign something for me and I'm going to sell it on the internet. You know, I, he's going to be really famous. We were at the Netflix premiere party earlier this week. And his wife was there, and I was like, "You're the first lady of this event tonight. Dylan is the president." <laughs> is there is there like a production crew staying at the Airbnb, or do they do um, they stay offsite? I think they've stayed offsite. Okay, um, but we do have a lot of secure. It's tight security around gotcha, it because gotcha, good. you know um, something you learned on this episode, Claire. Um, a few things. Ian as a dad, I had never seen before. I knew he had four kids, but it's again fun to see them interact and just. I don't think I learned anything specific, but shed light on, you know, Henny said there comes a point in every player's career where they think, am I too old to compete with these guys? And that's not a storyline I'm often focusing on. Um, but yeah. And then I talked about the shortcomings um, when you don't qualify, what happens then? So I wouldn't say I learned something just pivoted, maybe what I pay attention to going forward. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think there was a ton in terms of things I learned. I, 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 didn't remember Ian Poulter having that many kids, I would say. So <laughs> that was something. I feel like Webb Simpson's the one that gets all, Finau. you know, and <laughs> Finau gets all the flack for having all these children. I didn't realize, you know, Ian Poulter had that many kids and 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 their age. I mean, I was surprised by how old the kids were just simply because, you know, I mean, what what is is one of his sons is either in college or going to college, right? So, I mean, right. you know, they, they've been doing this uh, for quite a while. I think that what I did learn was, the decision, although it was obviously a great financial decision that you could tell it weighed on a lot of these guys because they didn't want to just simply say, yes, I'm going to live. And even Ian Poulter being asked by somebody that was producing a, a TV show that was going to come out a year later, even yeah. in that seat, Ian Poulter would not simply go, yes, I'm going to live. And I feel like everybody kind of danced around it. Even DJ in this episode, Claire, at one point they were watching. talking about, 
centurion and he goes i'll be watching right well yeah you'll be watching you're gonna be there um but you know he wouldn't nobody would openly say i'm going to live really until you know until the first person did and um right and it was just interesting i i will give i, I kind of got on to share an episode two because of the masters thing i will say mm-hmm. to dylan i loved him opening up about some of the numbers early in the episode how much money was being thrown at these players 200 million 175 million who knows what he and polter got but i mean you know for somebody that made 30 35 40 million dollars on the pga tour i guess you and i would probably assume double that is what he got for live later yeah. in his career where he isn't winning and contending nearly as much as he was earlier in his life so yeah the the live money is is just always the thing that kind of comes back in when we bring up that tour yeah and again it's something so hard to wrap my mind around but it's crazy when you know your career tends to go down a little bit at the end and now there's just this skyrocket of income that they were not expecting at what did he say he's 46 or something yeah, i think he's i think he's now. 48 now yeah i mean oh, i think he's, he's getting he's getting up there almost 50 almost champs tour even though obviously yeah. he's not gonna be able to play there Live um, champs tour. something you changed your mind on um just again i talked about empathy it's got to be hard to miss your kids birthdays and graduations and things like that also they showed the less glamorous part where I had forgotten that these players are carrying their own bags to the car. You know, I saw players in the airport last night dragging their stuff. And it just, again, reminds me of this glamorous. I know there's so much money involved, but, you know, packing every week, just the logistics of travel, you know, being on the road is very difficult. But overall, just empathy for these guys who were faced with a tough decision. And there's a lot that goes into it. What about you? Yeah, I would say um, the packing was the thing I would say I changed my mind on. Now I've changed my mind again because you told me that even he was doing it the wrong way. <laughs> I was a roller and then he was laying him flat. Um, you're telling me to go vertical. So I'm, I'm even I'm mm-hmm. even learning something from you talking about an episode that I learned something on. Um, I, I will say to people out there that don't know this, and this is something that maybe you learn is, and, and you nailed it, kind of the, the, the less glamorous part of being a professional golfer. I think people assume that these guys show up to events and their clothes are hung for them and their outfits are picked out for them. And really outside of the major championships and the players, you're packing yourself. You're picking out your own clothes and what you're wearing and your shoes and all that stuff. And, you know, I, I liked, I liked that. I liked the the slight moment you got to watch Ian Poulter doing matching, right? He's matching yeah. the shirt to his pants. I mean, that's his decision that he's making. And, uh, and obviously, you know, then packing them up and going and, and wearing them at the golf tournament. Yes. So last night I flew from Phoenix to LA, which was awesome because there were like five PJ tour players on my flight. And I get to baggage claim and they're all waiting at oversized baggage claim for their clubs. Yeah. And it makes you what other sport? I mean, there are, but you know, it's not the NBA where they're, you know, standing with these, you know, fans or just other random travelers. They're waiting there, waiting longer than I am for their stuff because their clubs haven't gotten through yet. So yeah. Yeah, traveling with golf clubs, never no, no, nothing fun about that. Um, like what your about shoulders are falling? Out. Oh, and you're dragging <laughs> it in your hands. There's one company now that has the the wheels that click out for the travel bag. That's what you need. I feel like that's kind of the way to go, especially with how much those golf bags are. Um, last one. What is uh what average golf fans are going to get out of this episode, Claire? Um, one, how difficult it is to play in the majors. You know, you think, oh, everybody's going to be at Augusta. That's not the case. But also, how many people have texted you, Shane, saying? What are your thoughts on this lip thing? Can you explain it to me? So people I like went to like high school prom with want to know. Yep. I'm like, I, and it, you can't summarize it. So this is perfect because I can now just send them this episode and say, <laughs> this is everything you need to know. You won't have any, well, you'll have some questions, but this is 
live PJ Tour 101, which I'm happy about. So they will finally get it. Yeah, watch Full Swing episode three <laughs> and then call or text with any questions. Uh, that's that's a really, really smart idea. I would say in my 39 years of being on this earth and my, I don't know, 15, 20 years of doing this for a living, I've never received more text and more messages from, to your point, people you went to prom with and people went to high school with saying, what are your thoughts on live? And it has been the thing that's been in our lives the last year. And I love the fact that we got to watch someone, you know, literally in real time, go yeah. through the decision to either join or not join. And I mean, I think you could tell in his facial expressions, he'd already made the decision, if not already signed a contract, but you know, Ryder cup and wanted to be a captain and wanted to play major championships and wanted to qualify for the masters and understanding that all that stuff's going to go away. If you sign this contract and still wanting to do it more to it than just simply, I know I'm going to make a lot of money. I mean, these guys have to go through um, a lot of kind of personal decisions to do it and they understand what comes with it. And they understood the fact they were going to get it if they went to live. So I don't know if I feel, uh, I, I definitely don't feel, you know, sorry for any of these guys at all. I mean, they made the right. decision to make a hell of a lot of money, but I think at least you got to experience it in 25 or 30 minutes in this episode more than you have in anything else I've watched at this point. Totally. I also felt like it just felt so official with when they had new, the news or broadcast of CNN. That's every documentary needs that. It's like just today in today, this player is doing this. I don't know. It just feels so <laughs> official to me. Like I would. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't even matter if they like dubbed it over late. It just feels like it was in the news happening. Um, would you say, and we're going to do this at the end of all of these episodes, but I would say as interesting as this episode was in terms of PJ tour versus live, I feel like I was opened up to worlds a little bit different in episode one and two. Did you feel this one hit you like the first two episodes? Did you feel differently about episode three than you did about one and two? Um, I think just more, this was more informative than emotional for me okay. um, in terms of the live recap. I don't know. I think in the first two episodes, you feel like you get to know JT and Spieth um, and fans will come away or people who don't know golf that well will come away. I really like JT. I really like his dad. You might feel differently about Brooks. This for me was just, here's what you need to know about Liv. Here's what it's like to watch a player do it. And that's it. So I didn't, yeah, it was just more factual for me. What about you? Yeah, I, th I think you nailed it. I think the informative line is perfect. I mean, it feels like you were getting a lot of information and it was it was kind of one of those setup episodes. Like there was a great setup episode in Yellowstone last season, you know, where you, nothing really happened, but there was a lot of information passed along. This felt a little like that where, it's not the most popular player that's going to be on any of these episodes. It's not the most famous, doesn't have the biggest following as we heard uh, them discuss literally <laughs> on the episode, but it was important to watch the struggle as we get deeper into live versus the PGA tour, as I know we're going to, as we get deeper into these episodes. So yeah, I, I'll say this. I don't know if I would have, if you'd have had me note down people that were going to be on these episodes and be the mm. highlight of them. I don't know if Ian Poulter would have been in my top 30 going into last year. But obviously, it seems like he was a good person to throw in there because of the live stuff. Yeah, shout out to Chad Mom, the what executive producer of all this. He knows golf. He knows what we need more than we know what we need because this isn't something I would have expected at all. And I know it's going to be a good balance because we'll talk about the next episode in the next podcast. But that's an emotional one and much less informative. And less tartan, less tartan uh, yeah. in the next episode. I feel like maybe just maybe we needed more plaid. Like maybe. You had to hit a certain number of plaids on full swing, and you know the they, quota, they, they got it. Ian to do that. Um, that is full swing tonight uh, with Get a Grip. 
Big shout out to Claire Rogers, obviously, for joining us and helping so much. Check out everything she does at golf.com. Big thanks to our pals at Scratch as well for helping out. If you haven't watched this episode, you can go do that. We're going to have video elements and photos rolled in as there as well. So, yeah, that is it. Full Swing Episode 3. We'll be back with Episode 4 right here on the Gooder Grip feed. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.